So this morning is a, is a feast Sunday. Uh, for those of you maybe who are visiting, a feast Sunday for us is a, is a Sunday morning when we gather around the Lord's Supper. So rather than a sermon by me, oftentimes we invite people from the church to come and to speak. But this morning, I couldn't help it. I wanted to speak. So, <laughs> so I, I didn't ask anybody. I, I wanted to speak some about Advent and about, um, about Psalm 80, actually. And we talked some about Advent, and we remember that Advent means coming. Uh, it's a Latin word referring to the fact that Jesus has come, that the Lord has come, and to the reality, our hope, that he is coming again. And I was thinking some about uh, the Lord's Supper and how uh, in the Lord's Supper, there's also this element of, of looking back. Many of us are used to that. We, we call it uh, communion, we call it the Lord's Supper, and we often uh, remember, even Jesus says, eat this meal remembering me. And so oftentimes we look backward and we look at what the Lord has done for us, the sacrifice that he's made for us. And many people, I, I once, uh, actually in Vancouver, the church we were a part of, um, held um, communion as a very somber day. And, and in some ways it is. They would, they would spend time and they would prepare for the week before. They actually said, like, let us know when communion is coming so we can begin confessing and preparing the week before as we come to communion. And, and the idea of it was very much looking back looking back to what Christ has done to his sacrifice and to the Lord's Supper uh, in the upper room that night that he was betrayed. But there's also this interesting part too. For me, as I look to, uh, at the, the Lord's Supper and remember that um, not only is the Lord's Supper looking back, which is powerful and good and we should do it, but also the Lord's Supper looks forward. I don't know if you've ever listened to that part or, or if it's caught your, your, your ear. At the end of uh, when Paul is saying to the to the church when he gives them the, the Lord's Supper and, and reminds them that the cup of the Lord Jesus Christ on the night that he betrayed, he took this cup and after he had given thanks, uh, he poured it, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it, remembering me. But then there's this, this little sentence where he says at the end, he says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. There's this element of this meal that not only looks back and remembers and, and, and praises God for what he's done, but also looks forward. And I don't know if you've caught it, but oftentimes in the words that, that, that we say almost every communion, I talk about this meal being just a taste of this meal, of what it will be like one day when we share this meal in the presence of our Lord Jesus. This week as I was thinking about this, I don't know if any of you have seen this, I can't remember the artist's name, but there's a photograph of a table set above a city and the table goes as far as your eye can see and it's an amazing table it's a banquet table lights and, and, and beautiful um, plates and silverware and it's, it's decorated like a king's table and it's a table and it reminds me of this image of what it will be like one day when we sit at the Lord's table when we sit at the Lord's table and we share the richest food Isaiah talks about it, the finest of wines and the best of meats. When we gather together with the Lord's people, people who have lived before us hundreds of years, people who have lived in our lives already and we miss, but we will see them again. We will sit next to our brothers and sisters, some of them we've never met, some of them we've only ever read about, and yet we will sit next to each other at the Lord's table. This meal reminds me that we look forward to a great meal. And so as we look forward to that this morning, especially in the season of Advent. I wanted to read Psalm 80. If you want to turn your Bibles to that, or 
If you want to just listen, this is Hebrew poetry. Um, Sometimes it's good to just listen to poetry. So this is Psalm 80. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might. Come and save us. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors and and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it and it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea, its shoots as far as the river. Why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pick its grapes? grapes? Boars from the forest savage it and wild animals feed on it. Return to us, God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Watch over this vine, the root your right hand has planted. The sun, and, and over the sun you have raised up for yourself. Your vine is cut down, it is burned with fire. At your rebuke your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man whom you have raised up for yourself. Then we, will not be turn, then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face to shine upon us that we may be saved. The psalm, uh, just briefly, there's in verses 1 to 7, there's this cry for help. Lord God, restore us. Come and save us. Then in verses 18 to, six, or sorry, 8 to 16, it speaks of Israel, this vine whom God had taken out of Egypt, who had planted and cleared the ground for them. And they flourished. Then over time, because of their sinfulness, the, the vine shriveled. And then in 15 and 17, it talks about a son. In 17, it says, Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself. And I am reminded of Jesus his son who sits at his right hand. And then finally, in verse 18 and 19, the words are this. They are, restore us. Or sorry, uh, restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. And I think about uh, reading the Psalms more as a church. And that sometimes we read the Psalms as scripture, but this week I've been reading this Psalm as prayer. As prayer, especially as we look in the world around us and there's so many things that are going wrong. Uh, so many things that go wrong in our own community, in our families, uh, disease and broken relationships, let alone violence and things that happen in other parts of the world. And so it's good for us to ask that the Lord would come, that our Lord Jesus Christ, that he would come finally and bring his kingdom fully. And so this morning, as we come to celebrate the Lord's Supper, I want to say again that not only does this meal look backward uh, to the fact that Jesus came and that he made this amazing sacrifice for us, but it also looks forward to the reality, to our hope that he is coming again.